Hello and welcome to My Green Podcast, the show about accessible, sustainable living. I'm Jarvis Smith. I'm Casey Hill. And I'm Jo Wood. This is the show where we look at how to live a sustainable, ethical life without drastically altering your lifestyle or blowing up your bank account. Everything from quality green products and where to get them to easy changes you can make now to make the world a healthier place. Later in the show, we'll be joined by broadcaster Fern Cotton. But first, let's have a look at some of the latest green news. There was news this month that researchers at the University of Cambridge have created a plant-based sustainable material that could replace single-use plastic. They created a polymer film mimicking the properties of spider silk, one of the strongest substances in nature. Oh my God, did they really? They did, they did. It's really interesting, this. I think it's um, it's 100% natural, it's sustainable, and really importantly, it's scalable. So this is going to be, I mean, it could be huge because it will replace the single-use plastics that are used for things like plastic, um, flexible packaging, sachets, carrier bags, those micro capsules that you get, all sorts of applications for it. And I think it's scalability is what makes it really, really important. It's been a long time coming. It's taken about 10 years of research. My question is, will the big plastic companies be willing to change? I think they will, you know. I think there's been a massive shift in consciousness with these big companies and they really know that they've got to kind of, you know, get involved in in the new paradigm, the new way that businesses have to operate. So uh, my feeling is, and I would back this, I think they get behind it because plastic's such a big issue. And, co- and customers want it, consumers want it, yeah. you know. It's, it's one of those, It's people are opting for plastic-free products now. If, it's, if it says plastic-free on it, people will buy it. Yeah. So it would be crazy for them not to adopt it, really. Yeah, it's a good marketing spin, this one. Completely. Did you get that? Yeah, I... Spin, spider web. Uh, mm. uh, oh, web. Come on, come on, guys. Keep up, keep up. <laughs> I, I hate plastic and I hate it when I get home and there's plastic on vegetables and we've got to have another one, uh, an alternative. It's so time to do this. Yeah, and I think, you know, the plastic thing is such a big issue. I mean, thanks to Sir David Attenborough and, you know, the Blue Planet and really bringing it to, certainly in the UK, like the consumer's attention. But the big thing is, is that most most, um, materials that would actually be replacing plastic would have about four times the impact on our planet. So everything that's come up so far has been kind of immaterial in the grand scheme of things so it looks like this is this is the moment right you're full of puns immaterial let's not let that one go Uh, (laughs) uh, i think think that's a really important because i mean blue planet 2 what was that october 2017 and since then so in the last sort of three and a half years We've seen loads of companies coming out with these alternatives, these kind of bioplastics and all this kind of nonsense that really it probably isn't a better solution. It's really hard to recycle and it's just confusing. But this, I think, because it's been 10 years in the making, um, it, you know, they started looking into this a very, you know, a long time ago. And it's not I don't think it's a quick win. I think it's a I think that's what makes it different. Um, it's a natural byproduct from our agriculture and it degrades completely like any other natural waste in nature so it's got a lot going for it I'm, I'm feeling positive about it I'm feeling pretty good yeah it does sound amazing I really really hope so because I hate plastic 
Yeah, I, I, I remember reading a survey not, not so long ago. They, they studied 2,000 um, people in America and they did a, did a test with them and every single one of them had traces of plastic in their, um, in their, in their you know, natural bodily system. Not sure what it, gets, it. it gets everywhere now. They're finding uh, so much of it in fish. Uh, they, they're just finding it everywhere. I mean, we really, if this should be made a law that we change to this alternative biodegradable plastic. It should be all over the world. Yeah, so this is the thumbs up from us. So the first place we want to see this alternative to plastic will be in the supermarket, replacing carrier bags. But in the meantime, that leads up to our second item. By the end of the year, lots more of us will be able to take all types of plastic bags and wrapping into our local supermarkets to be collected for sorting and recycling. And this is going to include things like salad bags, crisp packets, biscuit wrappers, bread bags, frozen food bags, all those items that have until now been quite tricky and really inconsistent. Um, it's great because there's so much confusion about what can and can't be recycled and where it needs to go. And it really doesn't help that different councils have got completely different rules on it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I agree because I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, Joe, like you, and, and I still get confused. But, you know, I think everybody just needs a Katie in their lives. So yes. she knows she knows everything about this stuff. So I think what we should have on the supermarket shelves is a Katie. And then everybody could take one of her home and then not obviously my <laughs> one because she's like the most important. But you know, a, a, a doppelganger, a Katie, and then then nobody would, you know, everyone would need to know what they were doing. Well, well you know, I, I, I have this thing about going to the supermarkets, and the last time I went in London to Waitrose, I stood at the counter, a checkout counter, and I zapped my product, and then I unwrapped it, put the wrapping in the the trolley and did that with all my shopping and went home with a bag just full of vegetables oh you are oh, such well a rebel no wrapping whatsoever oh brilliant I, I went outside the supermarket and i looked in through the window and i saw this woman <laughs> grab who worked there who grabbed the trolley and was looking like all over the place what is going on here what she couldn't work out what, what do what i do with it oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why we so, love you that's why we love you you're such an anarchist Workers <laughs> Against Sewage had those days, you know, they organised days, they were called Mass Unwrap, and they encouraged people, they, were, they had people in the supermarkets and told them, just, just leave all of your plastic behind, yeah. leave it, just take your produce home, and let the, let the shops, you know, it was all very friendly and quite nice, let the shops deal with their problems. Which supermarket was it, Joe? I'd love to know where you shop. Waitrose in Marlebone. Oh, of course it was, darling. But, you know, you're talking about all... I mean, how, how are they... Is this going to be legislation? Is, is it like, why are all supermarkets getting on board? They're, well, some of them have started already. Um, I think in March, Tesco announced that 171 shops will be collecting all sorts of different plastic bags and wrapping. But that was in the South West and Wales. Um, I think there are plans to roll it out nationwide. Sainsbury's is trialling a collection, but that's in the northeast. So again, it's it's really sporadic and it's really it just doesn't help to give a consistent message. All they're all saying, yes, we plan to do this as a national rollout, but it, it's just not happening yet. So it's just I think it's still a little bit unclear. I want to know why is it we can't we leave it in the supermarket? 
for them rather than bring it all the way home, unpack it, then taking it all the way over to them. Why can't we just unwrap it in the supermarket? Yeah, it does make more sense. They should just have massive recycling. Yeah, you know what? You just throw it in there and put your vegetables in your bag, you know, be great. Yeah, it would. It would. I mean, there are there are plastic free supermarkets, aren't there? There's that that amazing one that um... the budgeons. Oh, budgeons, budgeons. That's it. The plastic plastic free, and there, and there's plastic free aisles everywhere and stuff like that, isn't there? In uh... yeah, starting, but we need to make a stand. Yeah, it's a journey. Maybe, maybe we should have a maybe we should have a naked day, like you know these national days that you have. We should just have a naked day where everybody goes into the supermarket. <laughs> And just takes off all their clothes and takes off all the plastic from their products. Yeah. And we're together, we make a stand. <laughs> we certainly make a stand there. <laughs> we make but, something. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> I think just before, just before we do move on from that bombshell, thank you, Jarvis. I think um, if you want to know, the Recycle Now's got all of the supermarkets listed on um on their website so if people do want to take their plastic packaging back to a supermarket but they don't know which one to take it to which is almost certainly going to be the case have a look at the recycle now website and that'll direct you to the right one yeah cool. very cool and it's lovely to hear our little one herbie in the background joining in Yay! and agreeing with what we're saying because you know four <laughs> months old he's our future this is all for you herbie so thank you for joining in all right then And our final item is good news. Pakistan has now planted one billion trees. Wow. I mean, that is an epic, epic number. I wonder how India feel about that, whether they're like going, you know, we should really match this. That would be amazing. Because I think when big countries start to do these things, then other countries are going, hold on a minute, we want to be involved in that. So that's fantastic. Uh, do, do you know what one billion trees equates to in terms of reduction in gas emissions? No. It's one billion tonnes of carbon emissions. Is it? Over its lifetime, Over its lifetime yeah. yeah. And check this. I know that's a big number, but it's part of a project, which is the 10 billion tree tsunami in Pakistan. It's Imran Khan's project, um, the, the prime minister. Um, 10 billion trees they want to get in the ground in five years. It's one of the world's most ambitious afforestation projects. Why aren't we all talking about yeah. it? Why aren't we all following their lead? I wonder, just... I, I wonder what Sadhguru thinks about that because Sadhguru has been planting trees for the last 10 years. Yeah, they have uh, in the millions for sure. And funnily enough, we work with Tree Sisters, which is a spin-off project run by Claire Dubois, um, who was involved in Sadhguru's project Greenhands. And they've planted, which sounds like an epic number, but in comparison to billions, it's not. 17 i think 18 million sorry yeah 18 million trees and so my god go up to billions i mean this is this is a significant shift in the psyche and the restoration plan also the un just announced in world environment day recently that they are committed to a decade of restoration which of course has to happen because we've got to turn things around in the next nine years else we are all completely buggered but that is, um, you know, it's all part of this restoration plan. But now it's time for our regular feature, Let's Talk About Six. These are six easy steps anyone can make to lead a more sustainable Let's life. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk, <laughs> Let's about, talk about you and me. me. Well... Today, we're going to look at step one, and that is what we put into our bodies. 
And we all know that we are what we eat, right? And, and there's been a massive shift in, 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 in plant-based um, eaters and, you know, veganism and people eating less meat and flexitarianism and all of that stuff. So, I mean, this is such a great subject, but I think we should start with the subject of healthy, organic food, Joe, because you're a pioneer in that area. So tell us about organic food and why it's important. For a start, it, um, the food that we eat now is lacking in vitamins and minerals because of how it's farmed, how it's produced, all of that sort of thing. The, the food we need for our body is full of nutrients, minerals uh, uh, and vitamins. So you best to keep healthy body and mind you need to have a good organic diet i mean i will eat fish occasionally but only if it's sustainably caught lion courts that sort of thing but um i i seem to be unable to eat any bad food it just upsets me terribly so every day i just cook fresh i cook organic and, I, and it makes me feel good in my mind and in my body. That's what nature gave us this. Yeah. And we've, we've forgotten about it. Yeah, I love that. I mean, we're, we're, we're plant-based eaters in our, in our household and, and we cook fresh and, you know, we buy fresh. And, you know, but I think it's not only really good for our bodies, which, of course, is about health and well-being and, you know, all of that, but it's also really good and important for the soils because we are... Yeah. You know, the soils are losing, as you say, all the nutrients and, and therefore they can't grow, continue to grow stuff unless they're being. And the farmers, and the farmers, and the, yeah. farmers the farmers as well, and the people who are working on these farms and like and, 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 and harvesting all of this stuff for us, you know, they're, they're exposed to any chemicals that are used on the food that, that we eat. So it's just it's polluting everything, isn't it? Polluting yeah. our own bodies, polluting the soil, polluting the water, polluting the lives of the people who work on the farms. It's just... Yeah, I think organic is the way forward. And you can see that by how many people are getting cancers now. And, you know, when they spray Roundup in the parks on our, mm. on our fields, Roundup is a carcinogenic. It's going to give us cancer. Not it might, it will. Yeah, and there's loads of scientific proof now about what people have been eating and what's been sprayed or, or, or put in the soils is, is causing cancerous um, uh, illnesses. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's brilliant. So... So, you know, think about what you're eating, think about what you're putting in your body. And, and if you can buy organic, you know, please do. I love that Vivian Westwood line where you know, people say, well, organic's too expensive. She says, well, just eat less. Yeah. <laughs> Another option is to forage. You can forage, but you can get your own, you know, nettles are lovely. If you go to somewhere that's kind of still been left wild, you can do so much with nettles. They're an absolute wonder plant and they're considered they really weasel. Yeah. Pop them down. You can make an amazing, you know, that's food for free, you know, and and organic. Well, What's did, not to love? Well, did you know the Romans brought nettles to England back in the day uh, as a food, not as a weed or anything? They bought it as a food because it's so highly nutritious. Uh, and we've We've forgotten about that. I love a flambéed nettle. Throw them in the water, into the pan with a little bit of uh, coconut oil and a bit of garlic, and they're delicious. Yeah, what, making a kind of soup or a drink or what? No, like a, like a spinach. Oh. Yeah, like a spinach, Ooh. yeah. Like a, a side, a vegetable side dish. Lovely. Yeah, Lovely. and they're delicious. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're good. Yeah. 
So that's one easy step you can take today. Up next, Jarvis and Joe talk to our special guest, broadcaster Fern Cotton. Our guest today is radio and TV broadcaster and host of the uber successful podcast, Happy Place. She's also an author and an ambassador for several charities. She may or may not have a family connection with one of us. And she's our first guest with a totally plant-based name. Welcome to my green podcast, yes! Fern Cotton. I hadn't realised my name was plant-based. How mad is that? That's well, perfect. We did wonder, and, and, and what's even more perfect is your married name is also It is plant-based. also plant-based. <laughs> I, and I don't have a middle name, so I am fully plant-based. Yeah, you are. You're fully oozing, oozing plant-basism. That's just like so the cool. most awesome thing ever. <laughs> I love that. I'm running with that. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I love that too. So good. Fern, thank you for coming to join us. It's such a treat to have you. I mean, you, you're one of my personal heroes because of the stuff that you used to do with Keith Lemon. I mean, you've always been an icon in, on, in, in the, an institution in British media. But when you did that stuff for Keith Lemon, I, I just fell in love with you. It was just so brilliant. So Yeah, that was a, a wild decade of craziness with him. But um, yeah, he's, I love him. He's such a brilliant bloke. I sort of, I think I left now maybe three years ago or something but we still speak all the time he's so lovely yeah well, i just love the way you used to look at him i mean it just honestly you were just so brilliant anyway An evil I'm completely completely off track already yeah off, off jarvis script, but... you've gone off track <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, what we really want to ask you fern this is you know very yeah. much about sustainable living and you know you've been a I guess an ambassador really for, for, for changes that we could all make. And I wanted to know really what, what started your greener lifestyle and, and, and what inspired you to make that kind of change? Well, I'm definitely not perfect. I think I just always try my best. Cause I think actually in the modern world, it's really hard to be totally sustainable and green and eco. It's, it's a real challenge because of, you know, what happens right at the, the, the sort of the top of the pile with how supermarkets distribute and whatnot. It's, it, it, they make it really hard for us. So I definitely try my best. I think being sort of a kid that really loved animals was where it all started, I guess, because I turned vegetarian when I was 11 because um, I'd seen a news round report about live animal transportation. And I was like, that's it. Never eating burgers again. I'm done with meat. And I've stayed veggie all throughout my teens in my 20s I ate a, I started eating fish again a little bit and then more recently uh over the last two years me and my husband have both gone to a plant-based way of eating so we're vegan and we have been for two years now started off as kind of just an experiment really but we're we're still on that experiment now and it's going really well and Jesse's loving it too so we're we're really enjoying that and I guess you know just bearing in mind how much I love wildlife and animals and just try and make better choices with that being my sort of driving force. But as I said, it's just not easy, is it? So are you um, organic as well? Yeah, we try and eat organic wherever we can. Definitely fruit and vegetables. We always buy organic. We get a vegetable box every week. Yeah. Um, we try and also feed the kids with as much organic food as possible. That's more of a challenge because I mean, Rex will eat anything. He's now eight, but Honey, who's five, she is really fussy. So she will want a like highly processed fish finger over something nice that I could make <laughs> her. And at the moment, I'm like, we just need to get food in her. So 
I don't yeah. always find that as easy. So we kind of, we're not massively strict with it. If, you know, when it comes to the kids, again, we just sort of do our best and, and eat organic as much as we can. Yeah. Well but you're, you're lucky you've got Whole Foods around the corner. Haven't you? We have. And also, you know, luck. I, I wish it'd been there when I lived there. I know. It's massive as well. I, I love looking yeah. around there. But also, you know, I'm, I'm, it, this is the thing that I really get stressed out about is that so many people out there can't afford to eat organic. And that is such a crime that we're still paying more for organic food. Like, what is that about? We need to create some equilibrium so that everybody can be eating this lovely food rather than not yeah. having the choice because they can't afford to do it. I still, I feel so stressed out about that still. So I feel really lucky that I get that choice, quite frankly. Yeah, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. It's such an important thing because, you know, organic food sales in the UK is, is less than 5% right across the board. I mean, it's so tiny. And yet that's the very thing that's going to nurture our soils and, you know, yeah. keep the regenerative farming in process and stuff like that. So you're right, it's got to scale. It's um, got to come from the top though, hasn't it? You know, we've got, yeah. we've got to have supermarkets willing to you know, for them to take a, a hit so that they can create equal prices so that you make the choice. I mean, eventually we'd all like to get to the point where there is, there is only organic food. There is no Absolute, alternative, yeah. Yeah. but I guess, you know, that's out, that's out of our hands. But I think to create some sort of equality with price is key for people to be able to, like you say, not only eat well themselves, but do our planet a favor as well. But God, you know, where do we start with that? It's so important because, you know, if you create a demand, they say if everybody bought organic apples, then you would create this demand for organic apples and they would all be, you know, selling their organic apples. But be, because we have the cheaper sprayed stuff, GMO apples, all of that, people don't, it's all about education, I think. It's all about education. I think the other thing is, is that, you know, what's the cost? you know, to our health, what's the cost to the planet, what's the cost to the future generation? Huge! I think what, 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 what society's done, unfortunately, is just thinking about the cost to themselves, which I do get because a lot of people, particularly now, are, you know, there's much more consideration about how much money we're spending, but, but, you know, what's the cost, you know, the bigger cost? And that's, I think, a mindset issue that we need to try and adjust, really. And it's happening. I mean, there's much more awareness now since the, the, the pandemic and the lockdown. People have been buying much more locally and buying, you know, essential products and less of non-essential products. And so there is this kind of turning point that we, I think we're getting to a tipping point. But let's keep I hope so. I hope that it doesn't reverse, you know, once we ease out of all of this craziness. You know, my yeah. hope is that we do take heed of like the lessons that we've learned. Like I certainly have really liked just living a much quieter smaller experience you know I don't love big parties I don't love craziness I'm a real homebody yeah so yeah. I'm happy to continue like this after lockdown lifts so I'm not going to be like racing to the clubs on the 21st of June or whatever it is I'll be doing the same <laughs> stuff I have been doing yes but I think you know <laughs> let's hope that we we take heed in terms of what we're spending money on as well and and the food that we're buying and trying to keep local businesses thriving because we have seen that they they've done better out of the pandemic because people need to be able to get things easily and you know in their local area without traveling so i really hope that we continue to sort of support local companies and and take the advice that we sort of learned yeah I, I'm, I'm sure we will because after a year of doing it you sort of get into that habit of doing yeah. it and so yeah. so it's much easier 
And I think that's gonna, it's gonna have changed a lot of things and how we're living now to how we lived over, just over a year ago. I mean, look what's happened in just over a year. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's magical, isn't it? How quickly we've been able to adjust to, you know, to, to a situation. And that, that's really important when it comes to the climate crisis, because if the science is right, which we do believe it is, we're going to have to massively adjust our lives Hugely, right across the quickly, globe. Very yeah, quickly, quickly, very quickly. And uh, interesting enough, and I don't want this to be a selfless you know, plug, but what we do at My Green Pod is we've got a platform that we actually find the best products that are better for people and planet, and we recommend them. And we've actually just I've used it. a store. Yeah, you have, Joe. And it's, yeah, it just makes it easy for people because I think there was a survey done that it was particularly since the lockdown, 90% of people want to live more sustainable lives, but only 10% of people have acted. So there's that 80% bit in the middle where people, I just think they just don't know what to do. So we yeah. tried to make it really easy. And, you know, voices like yours and Joe's and, you know, it's like we just got to keep, I guess, beating the drum, but a, a rhythm that everybody can get on board with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I guess giving people the option that fits into their, you know, financial bracket yeah. and, and also them sort of. I guess everybody understanding the importance of it because there are still sometimes you know lazy choices that I'll make because I don't understand that there's a better option. So I yeah, think it's exactly. about us continuing the conversation. Yeah, it is. It is. But you're, I mean, you're, you're amazing inspiration. What What was the hardest thing for you when you became vegan? I, I've got a couple of things that I, I still miss to this day. Is there eggs. anything in your eggs? That's what I said. That's eggs. what he said just now. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, <laughs> eggs. I mean, not not in terms of baking because I can do some pretty good plant-based cakes and biscuits now where you just use flax or yeah the chickpea, chickpea or, juice chi yeah, yeah there's juice, loads yeah. of stuff you can use so I, that's fine like we usually always have either a vegan chocolate cake or banana cake at my husband's request like in a tin somewhere <laughs> nice but um but yeah, I used to really like an omelette in the morning really? and um, and my son is, I mean, my, my kids aren't vegan. I'm, that's their decision. They, they can decide that when they're older for themselves. And also due to them being, you know, young and honey being fussy, I'd rather that they just eat a broad diet. But Rex is obsessed with eggs. Like it's, that, that, that is his favorite meal ever. So I sort of in a tortured way have to cook these lovely omelets <laughs> of like a soft boiled egg and I'm sort of salivating making it. But, <laughs> but you know, it's worth it. It's, it's not a massive sacrifice. It's not a, you know, a huge swap to, to get them out of my diet. And, and we, we love cooking so we can make lots of really delicious things that, you know, don't include any animal product and, and I'm cool with it. But yeah, eggs, eggs were the thing that I definitely found. The yeah. I'm, I really miss a fried egg toasted sandwich. Like, yeah. That that's Rex's just... favorite. Yeah. Do you know Leah's just got chickens? I know she's been sending me pictures. Yeah, so cool. so she's got her first lot of eggs as well. Oh, so wonderful. And I mean, I showed met... Rex that picture this morning and he was very jealous. But I think with our urban fox situation where we live, I'm not sure that chickens would be uh, <laughs> a good idea in this back garden. No, plenty of foxes there. I had, chi I had chickens in uh, Kingston. Did and you? We had, yeah, and we had um, like a massacre. The fox got in and I came down one day at Homewood and I went into the garden and all the chickens had been heads ripped off. Oh I mean, it, it looked like a massacre. 
It was oh. absolutely awful. And I said, I'm never going to have chickens again. Yeah, yeah that that's exactly what horrible. would happen here. There are foxes everywhere. I mean, they're very cute, actually. I quite like them. But they are, they even terrorise <laughs> our recycling bins. You know, they're making all yeah. sorts of crazy noises. So, yeah, definitely no chickens in this area. But you know one what? day, one day. It's really, it's really interesting because I live quite like Joe. I live right, right out in the country. And I've got, I've got a garden full of rabbits. I mean, literally, it was like, 25 rabbits that we see every morning just running around wow. i've not seen i've not seen one fox all now, the foxes I haven't seen have left any the, foxes either no they've left the countryside and they've gone to the cities it's just like that's a real sign of the times isn't it yeah it's crazy i mean we have tons oh walking around here at night oh you know i'll be looking out the window before i go to bed and they're just walking down the street like hey you know yeah. here i am just walking down the street they're not in any is... way nervous or timid it's crazy yeah it is. that's so mad because i haven't got i haven't seen one fox since i've been here so they literally have emigrated into the cities yeah because that's where they just get the scraps and the and it must be awful for them as well because they're constantly having to duck and dive and hide yeah. and i mean as you say they've become brazen now they're a bit like the, bit like pigeons in Brighton, you know, they're just, or yeah. seagulls, seagulls, should I say, in Brighton. Yeah, they don't care. They'll come and they get your care. food, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're not bothered. Our um, local vet just showed me a picture because we've, we've got these two old cats. So we're always in and out the vets. And he rescued this baby fox from a bin in the local school. And it wasn't in the bin. It was around the back of the bins. And it was this, I'd never seen a baby fox. A newborn fox looks like a teeny tiny cuddly teddy yeah. bear it's the yeah. cutest thing oh, i've nice. ever seen it was adorable <laughs> so yeah we've um they're thriving around where i live well people are going to be having them as pets then soon clearly it's like <laughs> this one was taken on there's a, a local woman who who takes in you know stray baby foxes and then you know nurtures them as as domestic pets i guess yeah i mean i, I yeah. love your connection with animals i mean you mentioned that when you when you kind of changed your diet what what are the What's the species of animal that you, you, you would most miss if it, were, if it became extinct for you? Well, I think one of the reasons that I turned completely to a plant-based diet was my like ever-growing worry about the oceans and sea life. Um, not only because I love being by the sea and my son is obsessed with the sea, but also just knowing that the huge detrimental effect that it would have on the planet to lose mass species of sea life and also the fact that so many are now ingesting plastic and that's going into the, the yeah. diet. I just sort of was like, I need to duck out of this one and not, you know, we're overfishing the oceans. We know that we've been doing that for a long time, but there's been little change. So I think, again, if you can reduce your fish intake or stop altogether, like Joe was saying with the, the demand, if there's less demand, they, they, they will hopefully slowly, incrementally stop overfishing. So I think for me, I was terrified about the oceans, just sort of like the state of the oceans. That was a big one for me. Yeah, well, um, the oceans are our lungs, aren't they? Yeah. So we've got to look after the oceans and the forest. There's, like you've got the Amazon and you've got the oceans, so they're lungs of the world. We need yeah. to look after them. We really, really, really do. I think, it, you know, it goes for for all wildlife, doesn't it? Like even seeing how, uh, you know, bees and bumblebees have been been affected over the last sort of decade. And that, that at one point everybody was, I don't know if that's still the case, but, you know, fearing the extinction of, of bumblebees. And we're screwed if that happens. Like they are yeah. so yeah. important. You know, we are absolutely screwed. And people would be like, what's the problem with 
they're not being bees. Oh my God, they're an integral part of our whole ecosystem. If we lose yeah. bees, we are screwed. Yeah, nothing gets pollinated. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I worry quite a lot about most wildlife and, and just, you know, how we're overbuilding, overfishing, over everything. And, and that yeah. sort of excessive lifestyle that we're all normalizing is, is really ruining everything. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like you. I worry about our planet and the, what, what I'm going to do for my kids and my grandchildren now. I mean, why I don't want to leave a planet where well, I've messed up. I need no. to do something to change it and be be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think that's a key key question, isn't it? Because everybody can, in in their own way, take take a you know a bit of responsibility for the way that they choose to live in the world and try and be part of the solution and not the problem. And yeah. you know, and, and that that's what this podcast is all about. It's about just giving tips of inspiration that you know will hopefully inspire others. And Fern, you've got a huge audience that love you. I mean. There's a really positive vibe around your network. And so hopefully they'll be inspired by, you know, just by your words. Well, so, you know, I'm, I'm by no means perfect because, you know, I, I do struggle with it sometimes and we need to have the change needs to come from the top. You know, that's yeah. what we need to all be pushing for yeah. because I don't want to, I don't want people to feel like, guilty like oh my no, god not doing right. enough you know because that then makes people go even more into their shell i think it's about us all knowing we can all try we're not going to be perfect at it but really the change has to come from the top so that, that we're yeah. helped so that companies stop producing plastic and you know yeah. i agree with that i think the plastic companies should find it should use only biodegradable plastic just work on that because it's not our fault that they're covering every single piece of food and, and products in plastic they need to come up with another solution. Yes. And they have, you know, there are people that are doing it and there are people that are doing it really well. Like I know Deliciously Ella has now got every bit of food that she sells in the, you know, on mass supermarkets that she's now retailing at. They're all, all fully recyclable packaging, even the yeah. things that are snacks. It can be done. It's just people probably, the bigger companies are reluctant because they're making so much money. They it's don't want all to about the money. the money. And, you know, we need, we need to put pressure on big companies by either not buying from them. Exactly. Or yeah. by highlighting that there could be another way they could do it. But I think the bigger the company, the harder the task because yeah. they're like, oh, we're just going to keep doing it. We're making billions of pounds a year why are we going to listen yeah. to you lot so yeah. we've got to stop buying from those people yeah that's it there's a couple of great bits of bits of kit around and i'm going to ask you actually what, what you would recommend but we've got this um, review system on on my green pod uh, website called where from and it's a bit like trust pilot but it's better because what it does is you give a review you give your comments back and then these comments go back to the ceo or the or to the directors that's of the great. companies really ah, cool but you great. can say something like oh this product's amazing you know the ingredients are good but the packaging is terrible what are you thinking and so there's this beginning to have this direct relationship with uh, you know with the heads of the organizations because the problem is the big companies will not change unless they think that's what their customers want yeah so a really yeah. good example of this with amazon who've just launched this kind of climate pledge product system so it's very greenwashy there are a few products on there that are good but 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 the reason they've done that is because when people when we went into the pandemic people were googling how to live a sustainable lifestyle so the ai picked up this it went up like five thousand percent in the first three months of the pandemic in lockdown and so they wow. knew very quickly that customers so we've got to we've got to show i love your top-down analogy but we've also got to rise up yeah 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 well. so so then there's that that meeting in the middle yeah we've got to put the pressure on for them to make any changes as you say i think that's yeah. a, a brilliant you know a brilliant way of knowing because i think you know customer transparency is where it's at, at the moment you know everybody is. is much more 
um, intrigued as to, you know, where their clothes are made and how they're made. And, you know, we, we want to know the full story now. And there are some brilliant companies doing the work and doing it really thoroughly. But it's still yeah. the big, the big bad companies that are kind of getting away with the yeah. ways that we've been going with since the sort of 50s and since this sort of mass consumerism took hold of us all yeah you're so right we do need to sort of rise up and and help create that change yeah it's the economic model that doesn't serve us anymore it doesn't serve the planet it doesn't serve our future generations we have the power in our wallets and we have the power in our numbers you know all of these and companies numbers, that yeah. exist because we fund them they wouldn't exist otherwise if they didn't have customers so you're right we do we can take the power back in many ways so so i love that fern if you were able to give one tip like that you you do in your family or personally that you could give to the audience to make a simple and easy change right now what 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 would it be what would you recommend i've actually got two that um we've been using for a while now that are just easy swaps like very easy swaps probably i would say economically better for everybody as well one of them is like i am obsessed with cleaning and i am obsessed with neatness like i've got she a real is. problem about it you're a bit like ocd a real pro- you're a bit ocd yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> joe's sister lizzie came to my house a while back and she just called around randomly she hadn't told me that she was turning up and she came in and she went why is your house so neat like you didn't know i was coming and i was like no no it's always like this <laughs> This is what my house looks like all the time. It is always perfect. I can't bear it. So I, Jesse always says to me, would you like to have a surface spray just surgically attached to your hand? Because I feel (laughs) like that would suit you. And I I really would like that because it's a pain having to keep picking it up. So I use a lot of cleaning product like surface spray. And I was getting, again, really stressed trying to find, because, you know, you can get some brands that the actual spray itself, like the liquid is eco and has been made in an eco-friendly way, but it's still in plastic. So this company that I'm now obsessed with is called Neat, N-E-A-T. And they send you one bottle, which is an aluminium spray bottle. It has got a plastic pump, but this is your one bottle for life. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your one bottle for life. And then you buy these tiny glass refills of surface spray. Nice. You tip in, they're about this big, about, you know, a few, 10 centimeters big. And then you top it up with tap water and you, and they smell lovely. They're really effective because I'm like, obviously obsessed with the The cleanliness vibe of it. Yeah. So I only now buy these little... 10 centimeter glass refills with an aluminium screw top. There's zero plastic in the packaging, fully recyclable. So that has like taken a huge amount of stress off my shoulders that I just buy the refills. Love it. Well, that's a brilliant recommendation. Oh, I'm look I've, at that. I've never heard of Neat. They're brilliant. It's neat with a full stop at the end. So then another swap that I've done, which is definitely better on your wallet and better for the planet. And that is, and also way better for your body, mm-hmm. looking for good natural deodorants. That used to drive me wild because I would put them on and I'd smell worse by the end of the day. But I was thinking, oh, I'm doing my bit for the planet. Anyway, I found the one. And it is we simply it. called the natural deodorant. Yeah. And they come in glass, uh, little flat glass jars with an aluminium screw top. And they're I a, mean, like I know a them. farm. But they, they last forever. Like you'll only need one pot for like, I don't know, they last us maybe three or four months, which would never happen with a regular deodorant. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, you get no body odour. They come in all different scents. Like that for me was a game changer. I found one that's not going to put chemicals in my body. Mm. It's not in a plastic container. It lasts for ages. So you're yeah. spending more per pot, but the use you're getting out of it yeah. is crazy. Yeah. 
So that I love. I love that you've mentioned that because a lot of people, we talked about this financial issue earlier and they're great recommendations. Thank you. Is that most people think, oh, it costs more, but actually the cost per use is yeah. normally much less because you're buying better quality. This is it. That work, that do the job that, you know, so I love that. It's like with shampoos and things as well. You can, you pay more for good organic shampoos, but you only wash your yeah. hair. Look at Tabitha. Yeah. yeah, look at Tabitha's shampoo is so brilliant. It's all organic and it and it comes in an aluminium bottle. There's another one um, called We Do, which is a shampoo bar. So I've been using that and it's just in a paper packet. There's that great one called Tincture as well. I use Tincture cleaning products. Yeah, they're beautiful. We, we've just taken on another new brand, uh, which is great actually, called Spruce, which do exactly what Fern's just suggested. It's an um, aluminium bottle. You buy it once and then they just send you a little paper packet refill and you just pour water in it. So there's no liquid at all and it so comes, good. comes through your letterbox. But Fern, if it's all right and if it's not too much of a liberty, I'd love to send you a basket of stuff that we, oh, yeah. we've got on, on the site just for you to try. Yes, please. Don't worry, Joe. you'll get one. Yes! <laughs> Joe's like, hello, I'm your co-host. Why have I not got one? <laughs> no, I'd love no. to send you some stuff just to see what you think in comparison I'd to what you're using. Oh, it'd be that. a pleasure. Be a pleasure. I tell you what, you've been amazing. I honestly, you're still. Yeah, she's always amazing. Still, yeah, you've, oh, you've, you've made you. my heart, you know, sing even more oh, for, uh, having met you. So thank you so much. Pleasure and good luck with the rest of it. And um, thank you. Keep up the good work. It's amazing. that's our show for today we hope you enjoyed and gained some really useful tips on living ethically if you did please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to give us a five star rating so that others looking for a greener lifestyle can find us thank you to our guest fern cotton follow her at fern cotton and follow us at joe wood official and at my green pod and for more tips and the latest ethical news go to mygreenpod.com Oh, and if you want to email us, the email address is hello at mygreenpod.com. That's hello at mygreenpod.com. Bye! Bye. My Green Podcast was presented by Jarvis Smith, Katie Hill and Joe Wood. It was produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions. Music by The Phoenix Rose.